0: You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polendo.
1: Bada bing, bada boom. Baby.
0: Time for some real talk. <laughs> oh, she's ready. What did Meredith have? I want one. Um A sleepless night. That's what she had. (laughs) Actually, it's true. All right. Real talk. This is the real talk. We're headed towards the holidays. We want to know what we've learned, what stuck with us, what is real. Are we practicing what we preach? Let's really talk about this shit and spill all the tea and then see how there's more room for improvement, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Boundaries. I. I still think this is one of my all-time favorite series we did. Uh-huh. I know. It's your fave. I know. I love boundaries. I love and hate them, but let's talk boundaries.
2: Yeah. So episode 20, 21, 22 are about boundaries, and then 23 and 24, gaslighting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: With also Stacey favorite. Ross
0: the best, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, we got to have her back. Just putting out there <laughs> it's true. Oh, in the real world now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's true. We've already had her back, but we can have her back again. Again, just again, doing victory always again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're getting into this one though. This real talk is myths of boundaries, just like a refresher. And also me realizing how I've called my own self out on the myths. <laughs> um, and then how to make sure when I won, how we're making them, are they mm-hmm. still clear? How are we doing on that? Yeah. So that's what we're doing today. That's right. Okay. Those myths. All right. So let me just touch on those. Uh, there are four of them. If you listen back to episode 20, I didn't do my homework and I said three. There are four. I re-listened. First one is that a myth of a boundary is that they are for controlling other people. Second one is that boundaries are rude or they're to punish someone else. hmm the third one is that a boundary is to keep people out of our lives, not keep them in our lives. Mm-hmm. And number four, the myth is that you need to justify your boundary. Mm-hmm. So you do not need to justify your boundary. It's not up for discussion. It's yours.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. When we're talking about boundaries, it's really about taking responsibility for what lies within our boundaries rather than this idea that we're trying to keep everyone fenced out. Hmm. I think that's an important distinction that we make on episode 20. How do I take care of what's mine, my responsibility, and then how do I communicate that to other people so that they can love me better? Right. I think that's really important because a lot of times when I hear boundaries,
0: what I really hear is, you have to do what I want or I'm not going to play nice with you.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I think that is what they say.
0: So that's not what they are. They're about making more connection, better relationship, including people in your life. Mm
2: When you think about trying to work with somebody long-term, like in a marriage or in a roommate situation or whatever, having some rules in those relationships helps it work. Yeah, Communicating your boundaries to other people helps those receivers understand how you want to be treated. And if you don't communicate it, they're just guessing, right? (laughs) which is crazy in a close relationship,
1: right? Or they just should, air quotes, they should know. Yeah. It kind of unleashes itself. To that whole other beast of like, yeah, you should just know or read my mind or yeah, that's good. The all of the
2: kind of uh, makes me think of a tumbleweed that, that makes <laughs> the relationship having more and more issues, right? And if you should just know, then I'm I'm actually pretending that I don't have responsibility in that. Mm-hmm. If I think you should just know, it's a pretty lazy position. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I even think about it as laziness. Well, you don't take the time to really do work or think about how you roll and what you prefer. So you don't think about it. So that's one. And then you don't communicate it. That's two. Mm -hmm. And then you just wait for something to blow up, I guess. I mean, it's pretty defensive kind of posture. That's what I was thinking
0: is that eventually this probably just blows up in your face. Mm -hmm. You get frustrated enough times with the same thing being repeated and you never said something in a calm state when it was like neutral so you're only going to respond fiery and then I feel like people don't receive it well because they're like well you're just mad so they don't really pay attention as well Mm. during those kinds of arguments
2: yeah Mm -hmm. well we've talked on here about engaging in some of these practices in low-stake environments and I think we could associate it with that idea, Taylor, to say that we wouldn't want to try to work out our boundaries when we're at the most heightened emotional state with the other person. Like it's the breaking point. That's it. I'm sick of this. This yes. has to stop, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to start engineering boundaries. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> Very doubtful. Worst timing ever. Yeah.
1: Why does it seem like that's so common? Like what you just said, not to do, like the epitome of the thing not to do seems so common around us
2: it's the thing we talked about in those early episodes which was you know you're gonna have to to do some work do you want to do a proactive behavior or do you want to do a reactive behavior
1: i remember you talking about that you're gonna have
2: stress but the reactive boundary management isn't it okay
1: truth be told sometimes taylor and i talk just sometimes before (laughs) we do episodes really okay um well we're the the students if you will <laughs> yeah. you know uh,
2: we'll taking the class like talking and-
0: about the exam right before you take it did you yeah. get this did you oh, d- yeah. did you study that did you totally about-
1: we wrote down you said there's no way to outrun a boundary stress it mm-hmm. comes with the territory of relationships mm-hmm. yeah. so that bothers me but <laughs> i agree and i understand so if there's no way to outrun boundary stress in relationships, mm-hmm. it comes with the territory of just being a person and having a sibling or a parent or a spouse or a partner or a friend mm-hmm. or coworker or whatever, then are you going to operate your life, believe the myths, and so you're not going to develop boundaries and you're going to fall fall in the category of just constantly reacting to stressors in your mm-hmm. life? Or are you going to try to find some way to be a little more proactive? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I would like to be more proactive. My real talk on this episode is I struggle really hard with people that are, they, the snap thing, mm-hmm. like the snap this or that. And yeah, how do I respond to somebody that's being really reactive? Like what you like just when said, you like, put in a boundary and they throw a fit about it? Yeah, or like we talked about on myths about the ridiculous ones. Like oh, just like this is ridiculous. Okay.
0: okay, so let's go over how we make the boundary. We said yeah. to create, state, maintain. So you create it. That takes some self-reflection. A big part that resonated with me. What you said was, if something keeps coming up for you and you have mm-hmm. a big reaction to it, it's important to you. So like mm-hmm. listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. So that would be in the creating part. And then you state it. You say it simple, not in anger, not in a fight, a neutral setting. Mm -hmm. You don't yell it. You talked about that. And then maintaining, which we can look more into. I feel like we have some more to learn on how we maintain these boundaries. Yeah, But I think that comes down to don't kind of sell yourself short and undermine your boundary by asking it as a question or like, well, it's okay if sometimes you do it. Mm -hmm. It's not a hard rule. We kind mm-hmm. of undermine what we say when we when we state our boundaries. I will say for real talk for me, I've heard some boundaries and I've not reacted. Well, I've just not liked them. I've not liked receiving some boundaries. And Mare was sharing some boundary stuff with me. And we kind of want to talk about when you hear what you think is a ridiculous boundary. Okay. How how you how you honor that for someone. Okay, this but, but let's confusable. talk about your example, Meredith, because that's that's a pretty real one. And I think it fits perfectly with a lot of people going into the holidays.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's someone in my life that, in my circle, that established a boundary of not being around certain people. I believe that at this point, at this long of the boundary, and now that holidays are coming, I'm like, I, maybe it's an ugly thing, but. I find it ridiculous. And so I am struggling with, and I heard myself saying it in myths of boundaries to be careful people that challenge your boundaries. And I was like, well, (laughs) Meredith, you're freaking doing it. So I find myself now that the holidays are approaching. I find myself testing this person's boundary Mm -hmm. of not wanting to be around certain people in the family. Cause I would like people to be together. Sure. It doesn't have mm, to so be that's perfect. interesting because that
2: so that would be a boundary where person a says I'm not able to be with person B yeah mm-hmm. it's just okay, not right yeah. for them.
1: yeah right? so we will get together and person a won't come because person B will be there mm-hmm. And so I- I'm really struggling honoring a boundary that you don't agree it, with it, I don't agree with yeah I just I <sighs> when I say it out loud like I hear myself and it's like'm i putting it out there. On a podcast, I know I'm sounding a bit rude, like I and I don't like that, and I don't like to present myself like that, so it makes me feel like a bit uncomfortable. But yeah, I believe that person A should or could (laughs) deal with things with person B and then be present. But it's Mm -hmm. like they choose like to just just hang on to this boundary and i can't get it and i want i want to test it i want to push it cuz i want things to be quote better or you know or how you more want peaceful. them or how i want how yeah how i want them exactly and that's sounds really messed up when i say it like that like so it's then that's your it.
2: boundary versus that other person's boundaries you what you need is for everyone to be together what you want is that thing versus yeah. theirs so and i think we're gonna call like... that a conflict mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, but this is why you, this is what you said. You can't outrun it. It's a stress. It's a boundary stress that I'm experiencing. And I need to dispel the myth that. On Meredith's
0: side, I'll say, I think why it's difficult for you to honor this boundary is because you see no side making attempts to make amends. Mm, Yeah. And so you're like, well, why aren't we working on this? And I feel like I really relate with you. We're always trying to fix things or improve our yeah. relationships. You know, wh- what are we doing to resolve this? And yeah, you we're see no type. resolve. And so that's uh-huh. why you're like, well, I don't want to honor this anymore. Like, how long are we just going to never be together then? You're not going to make any attempt either side, A or B. Is anyone going to make amends here? That is really hard when you see people not willing to do any work. Okay, so we're just never going to be together then.
1: Especially when, t- to me, this is possible. This could happen. Yeah. Okay, so without just me just sounding like a total asshole this whole time, I do feel that though. Like, and I can't believe I re-listened to my own voice saying to be careful the people that test these. So I'm like, I'm the person to be careful of in this example, <laughs> and I don't enjoy that. At what point you just realize, okay, someone has to, creates a boundary, whether you agree or not. It's like, how do you? I don't even want to use the word respect because at this point, I don't think I respect it anymore. But how do you honor it? Had you honor that even if you do mm. not agree with
2: someone's boundary, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it takes some work on our part to do that, especially if we disagree. Because I think that's harder to engage in behavior that we don't fundamentally have the buy-in for.
1: That's a really good way of putting that.
2: If we don't buy into your decision-making, that makes us more resistant to the boundary, I think.
1: And then what's crazy is myth number four is that we think they should justify it. They do not have to.
2: Right? They do not have to. Oh. I'm not saying that their boundary isn't lame. It might be just not a good decision. But if it's right for them, then that becomes the boundary to observe. Because we don't get to decide things for other people. It's not our place to do that. So you can't control <laughs> right. other people, Meredith. Sorry to tell you that one. I, uh, I think that's you might have already.
1: I don't want I inside me like really
2: inside of me. I don't want to control
1: like I'm not trying to be like a puppeteer like oh let me control A and B in the family and make this make everybody do what I want them to do. I don't feel that inside of me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I can see how it's coming out like that, mm-hmm. and that is like oh like I, I would I don't want to be in a relationship with me in that that moment. Even though I fundamentally am not buying into this yeah. boundary, I need to just follow it i don't know
2: follow it but remember to contain it too so sometimes people will say like person a will say i can't be in the same room with person b so therefore you can't have a party oh no 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 that's not it so i can have my party and i can invite both of you and if you can't be with that person you're welcome to not be at the party yeah but you have to contain that behavior because you get some people in our lives that are manipulators that'll be like expand it so now you can't have person d there either okay so what i've
1: done though is i've for example i've thrown something and then i've told person a i want you there but you told me your boundaries so i'm not inviting you and then then i'm left
2: feeling guilty though well if they didn't want to be invited but then they want to be invited they want to be invited but i think if the party's at your house it's your your event that's where i think you can have some people that misuse boundaries and try to like, control. almost build more territory or build a coalition around their, and we'll call it dysfunctional pattern, mm-hmm. yeah. if it is that sort of thing, and and that I think we have to contain.
1: Okay, so this is actually helpful. So now we've established myths and how people misuse them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think well, that's a big part of, like, the punishment, right? Like, people use boundaries as a mm-hmm. punishment. If you don't do what I like, then I'm not coming to something. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot.
2: Yep. And... I don't think that's the proper use of the boundary that we're talking about. We're talking about relationships you want to keep, mm-hmm. not ones you want to stress or deteriorate. Hmm. So the relationships we want to keep, and so if we want to keep them, then we wouldn't be behaving in that way, using it as a club yeah. against the other person. Yeah. Because that's just love withdrawal, actually.
0: Hmm. That's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah sometimes if there's an injustice you want to stand by someone but sometimes I can't keep up with everyone beefs yeah like there's so much if I stop talking to all the people you stop talking to I (laughs) I would cut a lot of people out of my life I can't keep up with all of y'all so everyone's invited and if you can't handle it and you but can you put the boundary when you come to my house Can you say you you need to be gracious, you need to be kind? I think you can. That feels a little bit
1: controlling.
2: I think you can say these are the rules of engagement in my house. Okay. But speaking of rules
1: in the house. Yeah. Because the students discuss the exam (laughs) before we get together. are you talking about mine? I just like rules in the house with Taylor. Rules in the house with Taylor. It feels like it could be like Mr. Rogers. (laughs) It could be like a little episode (laughs) sideshow. It's Mr. Rogers, rules in the house with Taylor. So...
0: My brother and I are hosting a holiday event and we were talking about what we want. We do this often, kind of the atmosphere we want, the activities we want, all the things. And we're coming to a point, we have kids, we don't want crap food around. So Mm -hmm. I said, "You know, what do we wanna say around this? And he's like, well, we can't really tell people not to bring something. And I was like, actually, we can totally put a boundary in place and then they don't have to follow it they can totally ignore it. And then we get to re- choose how we respond to that. We can ask for anything. Let's shoot for the moon here. Let's ask exactly what we want from people
1: and say it very kindly, of course. So I would reframe, it's not what you want from people, it's what you want in your own house. I, I just don't want
0: them to bring a bunch of sugar to my house. That's all.
1: Talk doc, help me reframe my understanding of this. Instead of Taylor going, you can't this, you can't bring this, this is what you can't do here. It's, this is what we want in our home. This is what we need. We don't want these things in our home for Mm us. Would that be a way of creating
2: the invitation rather than you don't bring this? Well, I wouldn't probably start with you don't bring this or you can't come. Like an ultimatum wouldn't be a great execution there. But what you can say is what we need is a no sugar or low sugar environment. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. That's a value that we have. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to put out any dishes that anyone brings that are that nature. So if you bring something, it won't be put out if you bring something that doesn't fall into the low or no sugar category. Okay. And if they don't like it, too damn bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean I'm 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 going to listen to this again when I send out the
2: invite. Remember what you're not saying. You're not yeah. saying you're bad cuz you have sugar. Yeah. Totally. So we're not judging. You can totally eat this at your own home. It just doesn't work in our home. Yeah. Super simple.
0: My goal is just to distract them with very fun activities. That yeah. They won't notice they're not having sugar. That's my goal. Yeah. I'm sticking to it.
2: Okay, so okay. I have an idea, which is why don't we listen back to everyone is in the middle of the life story and the boundaries one hundred and one. Your story is being is shaped 21. by what you say okay. yes okay. to and what you say no to. This is how Sari Gilman began her TED Talk about boundaries. Think about it. What we say yes to is what we let into our lives, and what we say no to is what we keep out. Are you tired of people walking all over you? Do you feel overwhelmed or exhausted? Do you say yes to people, commitments, and events more than you want? There's a popular saying, whatever you're willing to put up with is exactly what you'll have. When I hear someone say they're overworked or allowing the children to walk all over me or feel taken advantage of, these sound like boundary issues. Once I had a part-time job that ended up really being a full-time job. But the catch was I wasn't compensated with any additional money for extra hours I was putting in. My uncompensated time left me feeling drained, underappreciated, used. I found out that kind of living was not sustainable for me. I had failed to put up a boundary." Brene Brown says that when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. What are your emotional warning signs? How do you know if you need to establish a boundary? Wilding says that her rule of thumb is, quote, if you feel one of three emotions, guilt, shame, or resentment, it's a sign that a boundary needs to be set, unquote. It's those emotions that give us a clue about what's not working. Wilding says that boundaryless living is dangerous because in her words, each time you say yes when you mean no, or hold back when you really want to speak up, you lose a bit of credibility with yourself and self-trust along with it. Losing credibility with yourself seems like a very high price to pay in order to keep everybody happy. But the more we do it, the more we pay that price at our own expense. The reality is that setting boundaries is vital for our own health and the relationships we care about. So let's look at four categories of boundaries. The first is material possessions. This area is about the things in our lives. Here we define how possessions are treated, shared and loaned out. Your roommate, for example, might regularly eat your food but not replace the food or might borrow your clothes and return your clothes dirty. If you have negative feelings about this, it's a clue that you might need to set some boundaries. The second area is physical. This area is about boundaries that relate to our physical being and define how close people get to us, how or if they have permission to touch us, and where. People have different views on physical touch. The question is about managing what works for you. If your colleague at work touches you without permission, you may need a boundary. The third category is communication. This area is about how we relate to others and it defines our conditions of our relationships including how and what information is shared and how the privacy is managed. Do you know someone who ever shares with you or undershares with you? Sometimes people view us as their personal counselors. Setting boundaries in relational areas will help people know the limits that you need to keep you healthy. The last area is personal. And this area is about how we manage our personal time and energy. This is the area that defines our standards of availability to others. Do you have someone who expects you to text them back immediately? Or someone who is consistently late and wastes your personal time? Personal boundaries help us feel less taken advantage of by others. So this leads us to the question, how do you set a boundary? Dr. Nicole LaPerla in her Beginner's Guide to Setting Boundaries says we should follow three steps, create, state, and maintain. Now, in the create step, LaPerla suggests that we need to think about the why behind our boundary. Instead of yelling at someone when they cross our boundaries, this step suggests that you proactively prevent that from happening. The basic idea is we need to spend time understanding our needs in order to figure out the reason for the boundary. Say, for example, you have a friend who drops by your home and expects you to stop whatever you're doing and have a conversation. Instead of reacting negatively when that friend drops by unannounced, instead do some thinking about why that bothers you. After some thinking, you might identify the reason why it bothers you. And maybe your why is because it reduces your productivity and concentration doing your work. The key here is to do the preparation. But here's the key also. Don't spend time thinking about how inconsiderate the other person is to you. That's where you and I go wrong. Instead of thinking that, shift your focus to think about your needs. Boundary making isn't about blaming others or deciding how inconsiderate or insensitive they are. So don't focus on that. Boundaries are about responsibility and your needs. The second step is to state your boundary. Make your boundary clear to the other party. I would suggest that you even rehearse the boundary by either writing it down or orally rehearsing it by saying it aloud especially if you believe the other party won't like the boundary. In my friend example, you might say, I'm not able to have unexpected conversations with you during work hours, so I need you only to drop by my house on the weekends. As you state the boundary, be prepared for a reaction. Expect it. Remember, this is not about judging other people. It's about communicating my needs for self-care. So you're not announcing that the person's behavior is wrong. You're stating that the behavior is wrong for you. Think about that. You're not judging other people. You're helping other people treat you better. The third step is maintain. When you communicate a new boundary to someone, expect a reaction from the other party. Many people test our stated boundaries. So the other person might argue or complain or play the victim, but LaPerla says don't respond or at least don't respond immediately. Another key is to refrain from sending any signals that you don't really mean your boundary. So don't say, well, I guess it's fine for you to drop by once in a while. This will undermine your boundary and open the door for additional issues. You mean it. You don't have to apologize for it and you don't have to feel guilty. So stick to your boundary, maintain it. And overall, try to remember that someone else's reaction doesn't determine the worthiness of your boundary, no. Your boundary is worthy because you decided it is. Now, in my experience, it's also important to think about the delivery of your boundaries. Use a calm tone. It's more convincing. It also better reflects the certainty of your boundary. Generally, we shouldn't be yelling our boundaries at anybody. Instead, we need to go through the steps. Remember, you can control how you state the boundary, but you cannot control someone's reaction to it. Think also about timing. What's the best time to communicate this boundary? If you're truly being proactive in your boundary setting, include thinking about the best time and place to communicate this boundary, and that will help everyone.
1: Remember a couple episodes when Taylor said that she can't say no? Yes. Dude.
0: Listening to that was hard.
2: (laughs) What was hard about it?
0: I just feel like I talk about how busy I am all the time and I don't know how to not be so busy. Listening
2: to that, I'm like, guess it means I need some more boundaries. Yeah, maybe. (sighs) I mean, there is the category of availability, and you heard that in there. Yeah. I would back the train up a little bit, though, and say, have you spent the time thinking about what you need Because being busy isn't inherently a bad thing. It may not be right for you. I didn't feel
0: like I felt guilt or shame or resentment. I -hmm. truly enjoy the things we're doing that people we're seeing. Maybe I do feel guilty for not having as much core family time
1: Mm.
0: because we're with people all the time.
1: Time with your husband and your boys?
0: Yeah, the four of us. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We've tried to instate a a once-a-month family day at home. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will just say of those three months, Ralph violated two of them. It wasn't me.
1: It was <laughs> we're doing me. it like this now. <laughs> oh, man. He made plans.
0: Yeah. But we're making, we're making an attempt.
2: Yeah, but I, you want to separate that from shoulding. Yeah. You don't want it to be we should do that because that's what young families should do. You want to build boundaries around what your needs are. I I know people that are super social and they don't really need a lot of downtime, so they don't boundary a lot of it. And it's not wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's just you can make yourself feel bad if you think I should be doing this or we should be home more. Maybe we shouldn't be home more. I think Mm -hmm. if I
1: can make an observation, Taylor and I have partners that have greater need for that time than we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's
2: true. So him canceling, Taylor, I don't know. He has the downtime until right? he
0: cancels. <laughs> I know. I said as long he's the one asking for it. So as long as it's not me making plans, then I'm fine with it. He's asking for it and then he violated his own boundary, <laughs> then it then it's fine, right? Yeah.
2: No, because so, you observed it.
0: Yeah. I'm here. I'm not doing anything. If you want to go, that's totally fine with me. But it was because there's no other time for him to do these things because i've filled all the other days
2: i'm just gonna i was just <laughs> so you, you flooded the calendar so that he <laughs> could not have the downtime
0: there was, so there was no time for him to schedule these other things except for on our lazy sunday so he That's chose funny. to do that
2: i feel
1: like i'm just had this exact conversation <laughs> i was like no we this weekend's free and he's like Yeah. And I'm going to be so tired. Can I just do nothing?
2: (laughs) That's funny. I mean, one thing we would observe. Okay. This is harder with young families. I'm just going to say it. You both have young families. This is harder to contain.
0: Okay.
2: Because the young family cannot be contained generally. And you also have exhausting things you can't calendar. Mm -hmm. Like the throwing up flu.
1: I want to practice these things. It's sort of like exercise. Hmm. A month will go by and I'm like, I did none of the patterned exercise. I told myself I was going to do upstairs. <laughs> That's where it stayed. The body did not move, stairs. but it, no, I want to be a person even with young family or if you're in a new career or, you know, I've been in school in my graduate degree and working Mm -hmm. full-time at the same time it's like i want to create more practice for these things even if it's small Mm -hmm. even if the measures are small we're not saying you should have five out of seven days with no plans come on that's unrealistic right right you know maybe it's just setting the alarm early one morning and we sit like uh tommy and i've talked about that like just setting the alarm early and trying to just have coffee together Hmm. you know or Setting that time, so we create space for the if if you can create space for the quote nothingness or the just free time, yeah, because it feels good, yeah, anyway, we're digressing our tangential. we are
2: digressing a little bit, but little the one bit, other the, thing I would observe yeah. is you're teaching boundaries to your kids right now, <laughs> so yeah. part of what that education is helping them understand what their needs are and having the needs dictate the boundaries,
1: yeah. Or having them, teaching them by us modeling, knowing what we need for ourselves.
2: Yes, exactly. And I think talking about the sugar, like, for example, that understanding that if there's a bad reaction to sugar and understanding that I need to not have that temptation in front of me on a big platter or hand it to me or whatever, and understanding that's good self-care to not have that present. Yeah. Because inevitably, it all
0: gets left at my house and then I eat it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So we talked about the myths again. We refreshed our, our mind on that, how they're at play in our lives, mm-hmm. how it was challenging or how it is challenging now for us, mm-hmm. what we're learning about it. And then I guess I would just ask Dr. K once again, you know, can we not be the only people with problems? Can you please <laughs> tell us how you... <laughs> Have this has challenged you as you revisit myths and creating, stating, maintaining? Is there a place you find yourself like
2: having to retrain or practice over and over? I had something come up recently. That's kind of interesting. I was thinking about today. So I prefer Pamela to Pam. Oh, okay. You didn't know that? I never knew that. No, you don't call me that that. anyway. You don't call me that anyway, but Aunt Pam's fine, but I don't go by Pam per se. I did as a kid. And so what happened in this one group that I work with, this organization that I volunteer with, they went on a long time before I stated that preference. And then people felt bad because I and I let it go. And I was thinking about it because recently I said, oh, by the way, I actually prefer Pamela and a bunch of people who have known me for a couple of years were like, really, like it took you this long, but it was never like the right moment. I couldn't decide if I really cared. Mm. but it's a good example of where we have that angst and we're not doing the work and i'm just gonna every time they say pam i'm gonna not like it as much as when they say pamela and it's like why did not you just say something way earlier that is dumb
1: that little thing that you said right what do you call it before the turbulence or the little thing that's like wrestling in you yeah
2: so i i was thinking about that recently saying that's something that i think is really hard to correct once it gets too far (laughs) Where you're like, I have let this go, let this go, let this go. And then now it's like awkward to bring it up, you know?
0: Yeah. I had a friend, she's a flight attendant. You meet a new crew every day at work. He called her for four days the wrong name and she never corrected him. Yeah. And finally the other flight attendant said like, do you mean this person? Like, that's not Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever it was he was calling her. Yeah it's just like well I just felt bad to say anything he's like it's not even your
1: name like I've been just calling you the wrong I
0: was like at least he kept calling you the same name so it wasn't like he didn't know
2: who you were yeah
0: (laughs) but I think
2: that goes to the idea that if you want to be treated a certain way or you're helping people treat you how you want to be treated yeah if you don't say that to them they're not going to know yeah And I did not fault these people for not knowing, but I did think, man, this is so much further down the line than I mean for it to be. Hmm. That I'm stating it now and they're going to be like, really? We, for a talk person, you sure were quiet on that topic. (laughs) Would it have been easier if you had done it sooner? I think
1: absolutely. But you were wrestling with how much it mattered to you. I mean, there's some of that like, like,
2: (laughs) "Mm, is it bothering me? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like anything in life where you just went, I should not have let that go that far. And now, so then there's more work again. It, it's something we talked about. If I could have corrected it much less effort proactively than mm-hmm. after the fact where, and then people felt bad, but I was yeah. like, don't feel bad. You didn't know. Yeah. So I don't, I think that's on me. I don't think it's yeah. on them. Sure. And yeah. So but- that just reminds us how much we have to be vocal about our boundaries. So yeah. We can't expect people to know.
1: The circles totally right head. back to that. You can't, yeah, you can't read people's minds. You can't no.
2: it, you should have known.
1: Like it's a whole thing. You should have asked me, do you prefer Pam or Pamela? Like, that's not right. something. If your mind is going to if what I'm getting a lot from this, too, is if my my mind is going to like you should have read my mind on this thing, you know? Yeah. Then i need to redirect that to how can I more clearly state what I need here?
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at
0: afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with TalkDoc.